friends, welcome back to the Heart Podcast. I'm Jill Yard. And I'm Charisma O'Keefe, and we're here every Thursday talking to you about entrepreneurship, business, balance, creativity, so many other things. We have been podcasting now for about close to six years. Um, we have, yeah, we have amazing guests on all the time. Sometimes it's just the two of us. Um, but yeah, we, we love being here with you guys. I can't believe we've been podcasting this long because it really doesn't feel like that long. Um, it's, it's like the most fun part of work I think ever. Uh, make sure that if you're not already, uh, you're following along with us on social media, Heart and Hustle Podcasts on Instagram. We are on Facebook at Heart and Hustle Podcasts and Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod. There you can find out more behind the scenes stuff about what's going on. And we always share great businesses to support, um, especially it's Black History Month. So we're sharing like black businesses that you can support throughout the year. Um, And then we also have a Patreon now. So yes, I don't even do. know how people sign up for our Patreon. Probably just on our website. Go to Patreon.com. Yeah, if you go to our website, oh, okay. there's like pop. There's a whole banner that just gives you the link. And say that's how I get there. You go to heart and click that link. But if you also want to go to Patreon.com backslash Heart and Hustle Podcast, all words. That is also a thing, and that's how you guys can support us. And we actually tomorrow, not tomorrow, next week is episode two zero zero. Yay! So we will be. I'm. Chris doesn't know yet, but at some point next week, we're going to be putting out a very special episode. We will put a clip about that episode at the end of next week's show, so you guys can get a preview. But it will only be available on Patreon, and uh, it's going to be a juicy topic that we have avoided talking about here because we don't want to get into it. But you can pay to listen to us talk about it. Yay! <laughs> and I bring you in, so we're official, so we can yes. do what we want. Um, and again, as we continue to grow and we'll have different things happening so that you guys can support the podcast. So just as always, we're super thankful for your listenership. Anything you can do to help support so we can keep putting out episodes because, again, this is a labor of love. And we started out in, like, living Christmas apartment, living mm-hmm. room at her, like, table with her yes. one computer and, like, the one microphone. And so... Yes. Uh, And that episode, if you go back and listen to it, you can literally hear me shaking with fear (laughs) the entire time we recorded. And I don't know why, because it's not like it was like live, but I was terrified. I have no idea. Such just an anxious person. You know, like we were, it was wild in the street. So uh, definitely thank you guys if you've been listening for the whole time. If you're new, uh, that is where we're coming from. Is that you will start to hear some changes and things and updated to the format. But for the most part, we're doing pretty solid, and we've had some really great guests on from the past. And now we're gonna have some newer guests as well as some throwbacks coming into the next month. So just stay tuned, as you guys always are. And thank you so much for listening, and we're so thankful for you. Yeah. So we recently talked about um, imposter syndrome. And, you know, we did a whole episode on it. So go back and listen to that. It's definitely something that a lot of entrepreneurships or not a lot of entrepreneurs, goodness, um, deal with. And I know, especially like when you're in your first and second year of business, it's, it's common to do, you know, have to deal with it a lot. I do think it creeps back up for most people, you know, every once in a while. Um, but those first few years, it's like, it's a lot. It's, a, it's all the time. I always have friends reaching out those first few years and they're like, how have you done this? Like, I don't understand. And I'm like, I also just felt the same way that you're feeling. Like, it's very common. I feel like people are starting to talk about it more, which is great. Um, so the more we talk about it, the, the more ways that we can come up with to kind of deal with that sort of thing and move past it. So definitely listen to that episode. But we did kind of want to talk about something that is sweeping all over Twitter that kind of has to do with that 
which is nepotism babies. Do you want to yeah, explain the, what the, that the, is? The nepo baby. Yeah, because I, I, when I first saw it, I saw the term nepo baby, and I was like, I read it, and I was like, what am I missing? And then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I was on Twitter as this conversation was started to happen, and really it started because of Maude Apatow. Who yes, Judd Apatow's and Leslie Mann's daughter, and, and she's currently um, playing Euphoria. Lexi on Euphoria. So. Uh, so she's very big, and she just had the episode of the like last week's Euphoria episode was was her centered on her, episode, mm-hmm. um, her character specifically. So people are like, her mom's Leslie Mann, and they're just piecing it together. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> and she before in the past she was on like I want to say this is forty. She played, yeah. like, a small role of that. So she's played small roles throughout, like, as a kid and stuff and obviously, like, grown up on set because of who her parents are. Um, so this is kind of, like, her first, like, very big role. And people that, you know, especially, like, people that aren't in our age group who, who didn't, yeah, like, Z Judd Apatow Z movies were. For Gen Z. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Judd Apatow movies were everywhere when we were, like, in our early cool. 20s, late, twi- late teens yeah. and stuff. So it was, like. Every movie, every other movie was a Judd Apatow movie. So you kind of did know more about his family and stuff if you were growing up during those times. Whereas these kids are like, wait, what? These kids um, have never seen these movies. That's what's so funny about these Twitter threads. And they were like, who? And then they were like, these movies. And they were like, these movies sound terrible. Which in theory, like as a like kid who's had really good like movies, like they haven't, we haven't had slapstick comedy in this past decade. So I get it. Like kids, they're not wrong. They're like, this sounds stupid. Like the premise... A lot of these movies were so dumb. (laughs) And like, and I'm saying this as somebody who owns most of these movies, (laughs) but like, I look at it now and I'm just like, like I own Pineapple Express and now I'm just like, why would I, like, what? (laughs) I can't imagine sitting down with John right now and be like, let's, let's tuck in and watch some Pineapple Express. Like what? I yeah. had a hate love relationship with this. Knocked up. I was interested, like I dislike Knocked Up. I dislike This Is 40. I really did. I mean, I think this is 40 was, was probably the weakest of that like category. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, but then I did really like King of Staten Island with Pete, with Ski. With Ski. <laughs> with Ski. And, um, and that's one of his newer things. And so I kind of, I really like yeah. that actually. But I also think that like Pete Davidson did a good job in, in being Pete Davidson. I, I say who he was. I enjoy Pete Davidson. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I do. Hashtag, uh, you know, Donda two fans that we we're kind of team ski. Yeah, <laughs> I've always been like a fan of him. Like ever since he was first on SNL, I was like, this guy's yeah. funny. I like he's him. Been funny, no, he's been I like his nice. I like his humor. Um, I like how he delivers jokes, and it's. it's pretty wild about like you when you look back at the flashback when he was like uh yeah take him i'm on meds and i was like wow and now we're like yep come full circle with that but yes back to nepotism (laughs) being nepotism and people are just finding out about people like people were just finding out that tracy ellis ross was like (laughs) yes or that like um Goodness, Maya Rudolph was Minnie Ripperton's daughter, and like all these other, like finding out that Bianca Lawson has like this long lost Barry Gordon connection. Like, she yes, has, like, a second niece. Like, there's all these other things. So uh, Blake just... Lively is another one. Her dad yeah. was like a director and actor before her. Um, Jason Sudeikis' uncle is the guy from um, Cheers. 
So all these yeah. other like, And I very- think like when we were coming up, like again, like the show Girls came out and the entire cast yeah, was literally Abby famous people. So we all kind of knew that because it Nicole became such Richie, a big moment like, where people talked about that. Where yeah. yeah, it was like, wow, like this happens all the time. So I do feel like it was like more talked about and then kind of like I don't know if like they all people paid media to stop talking about it or something because there was definitely a lot of pushback like with the show girls because people were like you know they wouldn't be in the show if they weren't didn't have yeah. famous parents and th- that sort of thing so there was definitely like a, like a lot of pushback around that they era yeah, but i feel like those girls were trying to be what would be today's influencers which they're still yes influencers that are famous for nepotism absolutely other people it's like red foo of lmfao's barry gordon son that's a wild concept that wild there would never be lmfao if he had not had barry gordon music. like that if he went in, if lmfao went into a recording booth and in any recording studio in the world and was like we got a bomb jam it's party rock anthem and played it they absolutely would have got kicked out like that would not have been a thing yeah i think purely because of nepotism didn't they have two 100%. i feel like did they have two songs am i forgetting the other no, song um there's party rock anthem there's shots there is a third okay. one there's like a yeah they have like th- at least three major like back-to-back club hits yeah and they fall off the face of the earth um the yep. shuffles on the party whatever it was like everybody whatever anyway not the, the point being what we're trying to say is that through this very these many because there are like four or five different twitter threads and many conversations that people are talking about is that you're starting to unravel the mystery of how people get into certain positions and where they mm-hmm. are this is very rampant in corporate america this happens a lot with um, Ivy Leagues. Like, there's a whole conversation that's been happening about Ivy Leagues and like nepotism there, and like just nepotism acceptance. And Harvard is trying. This to is better. why, if you if you like didn't go to an Ivy or even just a big school, this is why so many families all go to the same school. It's not because, because they're obsessed with that school. It's because the first person that got in then makes it easier for the rest for of them to get in with yeah. like a donation or something along those lines. If you look up on Twitter, or even if you Google at this point, I'm sure somebody wrote an article about it. Somebody found uh, JFK's uh, <laughs> like letter to get into college. And he's basically like, my dad went here. I'd love to do it. It's wild. He had all Fs on his report card in high school and got into an Ivy League. That is what, like, straight mm. up, they pulled his transcript. It's bad. He wrote a letter. His letter was quite literally, my dad went here. I think he'd be cool. Let's do it. And homie got into an Ivy League. Like, that's how it used to work. It still does work in a lot of places. So yeah. when you come from a, mar- a place of marginalization, even as a person who's not marginalized at all, but you're not famous. Like, you just don't have connections. You come from being an average, mm-hmm. everyday human in a family who just works hard. And, like, that's yeah. who you are. You don't we can't we're starting at a different level so i think when yes. we talk about not comparing yourself and not getting to the comparison trap you don't know where other people start they started on a different platform from you so if somebody started with like a three four five generation platform height from you where you're starting at the basement level you're not going to rise as quickly as they are and there are some people who do actually get lucky from the basement level really quickly and get like maybe somebody discovers them but it's very, rare. Very rare. I don't think people understand how rare. Like one of those people is like Tabitha Brown, and I feel like that's why it's been such a big deal because it doesn't happen often. Right. To right. have no connections, to not not have any family or friends from that realm. And again, this hap- She's in her forties, so this is right. how long it took 
to happen. A lot of people are like, oh, she became famous overnight because she was on TikTok. No, she's been interested in being in film and television since her 20s. And it's something that she's off and on pursued when she couldn't have the time, but she also had to work and take care of her family and and things like that. And so not until her 40s did she actually reach like an actual level of fame. And again, she got there from a place of privilege because she was married to somebody who was a consistent like partner where who was supporting and supportive enough where like she could kind of take risks etc at certain times and she had a stable home but even then it's like she like like it's funny because it's like she didn't even get famous for like what she wanted to get famous for it's like she was feeding she was feeding her family (laughs) and was like well while i'm feeding my family which is something i have to do anyways I will go ahead and make these videos. So it's not like it didn't take a ton of time. I don't think that she would have been able to get her goals, um, you know, going the traditional route of like trying to become an actress because she didn't have the time to do so because she has, you know, her family and everything. But even traditionally in like the box in which you're supposed to look like, like technically she's quote unquote too old and her face doesn't fit. You know what I mean? Like it looks very quote unquote normal or whatever it is. Like they're stupid parameters that exist in the world for certain things whether that be in business as an entrepreneur whether that be as a job uh, if you're entering the corporate world and startup world and the nft like whatever it is there's people like it's not fair to get into nfts and you're like i'm going home where are you starting from the bottom and then you got to compete with when paltrow you got to compete with Lila kunis you got to compete with right. mark zuckerberg's sister which are all i'm sure very nice people those are already three people who are really big in the nft world right now who have tons more money than we do who can lose all kinds of money and like not lose sleep over it whereas you may be starting with like the hundred extra dollars you may have from getting like a bonus at work or something so just take your time and be patient with yourself i think that's like the the part of this conversation is that trying to get into comparison trap with other people you just don't know where people come from you don't know their backgrounds you don't know what's going on in their day-to-day so stay in your lane focus on you and build your thing and honestly, build it as, as much as you can and then lean on support. Lean in and connect with people because you can't do it by yourself. So when you get to the point where you're like, okay, I feel steady about this, start talking to people about it because that's how connections happen and that's how people become nepotism babies. It's really, it's like their great great mm-hmm. has got the connections and now they get to stay with those same connections. So people do really do build your career. So I will say there's a bonus to like, Yes. Because again, like it doesn't mean that there's anything like if you have connections, use them. And if you are a nepotism baby, it does not mean that you are not uh, very, very talented. I think Maud Apatow is, I think, maybe more talented than her parents. I mean, time will tell and we'll see. But already I'm very impressed with her performance. But does that mean that there's not, you know, of course, another hundred girls who can give a really, really awesome performance that are do not have connections and maybe they're on a stage play right now at their high school and they're doing super awesome or they're studying theater in college, but they don't have those connections. So it's like, it's not to take away from her performance to say she's not awesome and she's not doing great or whoever else isn't like you can have talent and, and be born with nepotism. You know what I mean? Like that, that happens, but that's also how we get some people like the Kardashians who don't have talent and are famous because their dad had that. So there's definitely a difference, you know, between, between Khloe Kardashian and Matt Apatow. Like, I think we can all see that difference. But, like, don't – either way, like, don't beat yourself up because you are not born with the place that they are starting out, you know. And nine times out of ten, when you look up that person, there is going to be that connection there that kind of got them, you know, a little bit further ahead. But, yeah, like you were saying, it's like that's 
we can definitely, if you don't have that, you can build that for the future generations of your family as well. Or like your current friendship group or whatever it is. Like you can, when, when someone um, gets those connections, like you can definitely share connections. And I've seen that happen, especially a lot like in the New York City area when you have like creative folks, like one person will get on and oh, they'll yeah. be like, I have a friend. I'm going to pull them up with me, you know? I already I like I've met a very amazing email marketer who is like down for the cause of doing stuff and like as a result and this is the person that I'm gonna be collaborating with to work on emails because I'm like this person and I'm gonna they're interested in getting into freelance and this other stuff and I'm like absolutely bring this person great I cannot wait to like make more money and pay you guys to do that because I you know I have no interest in it and it is something that I'm like that's going to be one of the things that I'm outsourcing later this year so I am happy to hear it so when you get into positions of privilege or you're in a different spot like get the people who you know are talented and that can make a difference into the room and then you guys can start to build that community so I don't think there's anything inherently inherently like bad or negative about trying to make sure that your kid has a great career any parent wants that for their kid if they're in a situation where their kid's interested in doing the same thing they're doing of course when you like use my connects to get where you are and you cannot there are people who absolutely like try their hardest to be like i tried to start from home because there's some people on that list that have like different last names in their parents and like mm-hmm. different type of careers in their parents still similar entertainment or different things so it's definitely that, or you have someone like a John David Washington, Daniel, Denzel Washington's son, who's very like trying his hardest to not be Denzel Washington's son. It ain't working very well for him. Wait, what is he trying to do? <laughs> he's like he tries it like to just not be at all like connected with his dad. He's like he tries to get his roles on his own, and he's never oh, really so he's acting. Him. Gotcha. Yeah, he's acting. No, he's um he was in the the black and white Netflix movie with Zendaya. Oh, that's him. Yes. <laughs> how did I not know that? But now I, I'm like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, how did I not not? You know what I mean? Like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but he's one of those people who's like, I'm trying to do it separately with dad. His dad, you know, reportedly hasn't gotten him any of his role. There's a lot of people. And I think that like, if I didn't know, like, for example, that Maud Apatow is like Leslie Mann's kid. If I didn't know that, it would be one of those things where I'd watch her and I'd be like, wow, I know this person. And then it would like when it would click, it's like, oh, it's so obvious. I feel like that happens a lot when you're watching like celebrities, kids. You're just like, you're like, this person feels so familiar. And then you find out and you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. I feel that way about Beanie Feldstein which I visually she yes yes like I I watched a whole movie with her and I was just like huh I was like there's something familiar about her but like I didn't know and then when I found out I was like how did I not know (laughs) they're siblings like to me they look like they could be like first cousins and that type of thing and I like I've always kind of See, like she looks like so you see that thing where you're like she looks like somebody, but like yeah, but you couldn't put your finger on it. But Can't quite like put your finger talented. on it. Again, very honestly, talented, like she's, you know. So that that's that thing that happens. So it, I mean, nepotism is in quite like you guys. It's in every single profession. Every single yeah. one has nepotism built into it, especially in America, America, because we are a new country, and so we technically don't have quote-unquote royalty a royalty is people who have lots of money or people who are famous jay-z and beyonce where we started to set the standards of like the famous people are kind of our royalty at this point so that's those people who have these ties their family ties however deep they go they tend to be successful wherever they decide to plank their stake because they have the older your money is the more successful you are as generations come on that money continues to grow wealth. that's 
that's just how reality works. It is what it is. Nothing to be upset about. Don't lose sleep over it. We just want you to continue to build the things you're building and share them with us and like make sure that we are supporting you and helping you. Because again, reach out to us. You never know who we know. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing something and you want somebody to have eyes on it and you're interested and you're like, I do this podcast every week and I don't know if I'm doing a good job or whatever, you just send us a message. We can take our time out of our day to like go look at it and kind of point you in the right direction. Either it's us being like, hey, we can help you out. We can have a conversation about it or send you to somebody who so and so that we know because we know plenty of people who do all kinds of things in this you know world hey maybe you should follow this person and see what they're doing on their social and reach out to them so yes so it is the last week of black history month um so we are going to talk about ways to celebrate five joy specifically five ways to celebrate black joy because black joy is a form of resistance And it's really important to celebrate for everybody, I think, especially, but obviously, specifically for Black people. Um, Yeah, it's just something we need to obviously be doing all year long. But I do remember as a kid, Black History Month wasn't a joyous time for me because it was very sad. So it was like, okay, it's Black History Month. I know that I'm going to spend the entire month learning about things that make me really sad, that like, you know, just not feeling like... I don't know. There was just not really a happiness element to any of the things that we were learning or doing at that time. There might, you know, be like a parade day at one point and that would be like, okay, but there was really not a lot of focus on the good. Um, And I think that like people are starting to switch that narrative. Now we talk a lot about awesome things that people have done in the past and that sort of thing. But I also feel like it's important to talk about what's happening now because literally in so many fields, Black history is made daily. Like we're still at a point because there's, it's not been that long that, you know, our people were literally just enslaved. So there's so many situations where it's like that person is the first black woman to do that. This is the first black person to do this. This sort of thing happens still all the time. Um, So we're literally making and living black history as we speak. Uh, So I think that it's important to celebrate the now as well, because, you know, it's it's happening right now and to celebrate you know just ourselves the people around us everyday black excellence and again black excellence as we've talked about we've talked about different definitions for it throughout the month but really at the end of the day it's just it's just showing up as as ourselves and and being ourselves so um so yeah so the first thing i think is really learning about and supporting black creators and artists who are, you know, creating things that speak to the Black experience or speak to their personal experiences in life um, and that are creating just from a place of joy and sharing and expression. And I think it's great also if you can support local people or smaller creators. It doesn't all, like, technically, you know, supporting Beyonce is supporting a Black creator and artist. And I do think we should support Beyonce, because I love Beyonce. We all know this. But I think it's just as important to support, you know, the local, like, artist that's selling, you know, canvases in your, your like, hometown or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just as important as supporting Beyonce. If not more so, because I think Beyonce is good at this point. <laughs> she's a billionaire, so she's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, look, we love Ivy Park and it's awesome and she does cool things, but like she's not gonna lose sleep if you don't buy the next collection. I promise you she's okay. 
Uh, save that money for concert tickets if she ever puts out more music. That's what right. you should do <laughs> if you want to support Beyonce and also enjoy yourself. That may be what you do with the money, but also take some cash and put it into your independent artists and your small businesses because these people, like there's those all of those tweets or whatever those memes that are like, hey, so and so, a small business jumps for joy or celebrates anytime they get an order. And that's true. That's real life. 100%. Honestly, the one of the best feelings in the world is when you wake up and you look at your account and you had an order coming over the, overnight while you're sleeping. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful way to wake up. I'm like, hello, Shopify. You're the exact person I want to hear from. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Those pains and those noises from those apps, they get people going. So that is something that you can absolutely do. And I 100% and it's, you know, literally that. like small shop owners, like we get excited to pack one box. We're like, we're packing a box. It's like, it's, it's I joyous. The post office like a idiot to drop off that yep. box. I'd be so excited. Um, but yeah, and also just sharing on your social, like, you know, yes. exposure does matter. So if you have a brand or an artist that you really like or a creator who's doing cool stuff, you just share it to your story. You don't have to post it on the main. I'm going to ask you to write an essay, but just posting it on your story it exposes people to It makes a new. massive difference. Massive difference I have had people who have shared, like, you know, like maybe they couldn't buy a candle or maybe they're like, okay, I'm, like, I'm just going to buy one or whatever. That's fine. And then they've shared it and people that they know have come in and bought like 10 candles at once. That's bananas. Like I would have not had that person in my network. I would have not been able to reach that person and just by them doing a quick share in their story like such a game changer you know what I mean so I think a lot of people are always like well if I don't have the extra money or whatever and I'm like you don't have to sometimes honestly it's like I mean supporting if you have the money great but sometimes with sharing it's like rather than you buying a candle or two or a card or two or a print or two or whatever it is from that particular shop you can share it to maybe you have 500 people who follow, maybe you have 2000 people that follow you or whatever, and you can get like a good percentage of those people to share. So it's, it really makes a huge difference. Um, if you're sharing and telling other people. And I also think that like, I love to buy stuff and give it to other people so that I'm hopefully making brand fans for that person, which honestly your stuff is so great for that because you do cards. So whenever I send somebody a card and they're like, Oh, the card is really cute. They can look on the back, see that it's your business. And then hopefully purchase from you as well. So I think doing stuff like that, sending – like if somebody sells prints but they don't sell cards, sometimes I'll try to buy like smaller prints and send those yeah, to friends. Yeah, right. yeah like Aaliyah Salmon who we've had on the podcast, like she she does prints. And I've bought like a ton of prints and just been like I'm going to give – you know, I might buy like a bigger print for myself but buy like a whole bunch of small ones and give those as gifts to friends and stuff like that. So there's so many fun, unique ways to share now. Like we all have – you know, with social media, like we all have a platform. So it gives us all a space to share and you can share it. Like what's great is like, it can be whatever it is that you like. Like if you like whatever type of art, whatever type of creative situation you can share, even sharing people's um, podcasts is, is great. You know, somebody's a blogger sharing their blog. If they're a YouTuber sharing that, no matter what you're a fan of, there's somebody out there that is a black person that is doing that thing. So share that and just the share alone is, you know, sharing it with your network, telling the people about it who are, who are going to like it. I also like telling people about stuff individually. <laughs> like I'll be like, you are a person that likes this. I think you should follow this person. Like I'm very much known for like, especially on Instagram, like I'll go to like someone's profile 
and then share that profile directly with people that I'm like, you're really going to love this person because they do A, B, and C and you're into that. So that's a really good thing to do as well. Also, I will say that also works sometimes with, you know, again, like we talked about in episode a little bit, but like me TV shows. I'm very excited that people are doing that. Yes. Yes. Every day in my whole Twitter feed. It's beautiful. Or Graham Crew, which is another show that Nicole Byer is on, or even like the people who are HGTV and Discovery Plus people know that Car- uh, Carmian Hamilton had Reno my uh, rental on Discovery Plus, and because people were sharing it so much and like really getting the word out, HGTV took it and put it on the main channel, which, which is, is amazing. Awesome. That only happens with like word of mouth and people being very excited to get this word out. So. Doing that type of work also matters because it gives people the opportunity to now create and have kind of a platform they can bring on other people. Because I will say, at least in Carmian's case, she works with kind of almost like a hundred percent mostly people of color, all black team, and her style, like her um, <laughs> what is it, the decorating uh, area and the, like, the interior design piece. So she has black designers that she works with. And that's awesome. And also, she's a, a very recent widow. So her husband died really tragically, like right after the show started as an aneurysm and that type of thing. So her having this platform to not only share, because her, her social media is very inspiring. Uh, we're going to talk about Black healers very shortly, because that's what I want to lead into. But having someone who's very inspiring and upfront about their truth and their grieving and their process, but also has a platform now on a national yeah. television channel. That's a big deal. So support also people who kind of do make it big when they start early because it's our support that keeps them on the air and if we want to continue to have black shows and black showrunners and black actresses and actors on television we need to support the work that they're putting out so yeah and i want to say shout out to awesomely lovey for always speaking about and centering like black shows and and movies and stuff and keeping the conversation going with that and being such a large part of that conversation online because i really feel like that's helped like She's definitely like led the charge and be like, we're going to talk about first scandal and, you know, whatever other shows like she's very good at ta- like bringing up the shows and getting now she has a massive platform. But even when she didn't, she would. And it, it grew that way. And so so many people have, um, you know, just come and talked about all sorts of great shows. And I'm sure help. It helps keep shows on the air. It truly does. So it's super important. But yeah, so the second step um, would be celebrating black healers. Um, and there's so many online and I do think that it's important when you are a black person to, you know, find people that are actually going to understand like your body, your experience, your struggles and what you're going through when you're looking to heal. Um, I have personally found that, you know, nine times out of 10, if I'm going through something, whether it be mentally, physically, spiritually, et cetera, I, it's, I'm not getting the same service a lot of times from other people as I am from black healers, 100%. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's something that's up to be said about what you go through as a person and being able to have these conversations candidly with somebody who looks like you understand stuff you're having to explain things. And I don't, mm-hmm. don't understand the emotional labor of having to go through and explain things. Yes. <laughs> uh, is it's taxing after a while and, and it's difficult, especially when you're going through a difficult time and you're trying to look for a resolution or peace and you're trying to center, you know, your own healing and you're feeling like to start that healing process. Now you have to go back and give like this backstory of like why things are the way they are or people to listen to you when you have problems. There's been so many conversations about, you know, medical racism and like just how people experience different things when they go into medical communities or having 
kids as moms, like the again, the death rate, maternal death rate for black mothers is very high mm-hmm. uh, during birth and labor than it is with any other race, which makes no sense other than yeah. the one issue that we have. And so that's why more of my friends and more people that I know are going into getting black doulas and black yes. support so they can have people who look like them in the room or who are doing the uh, birthing process with them. So, And the I definitely feel like our generation has been like, moving more towards like radical healing more than ever before. And I think that's why it's so important to uplift like and celebrate these black healers because it's like, they're really leading the way to, for all of us to like, like be able to move past traumas, to be able to feel whole, to be able to like live life to the fullest, to be able to connect spiritually if that's what we want to do. Like so many of them have been, it's, it's a lot of work to like do like healing type of work on yourself and on others like that's a lot it's hard enough to just heal yourself right and with assistance it's still hard um and so a lot of them have done healing work on themselves and they're now doing healing work on others um so just really supporting them in in whatever way you can even if you're just like oh i don't really need any sort of type of healing i'm not you know there's no physical issues there's no emotional issues which like lucky you because man um everybody i know has some sort of issue but if you don't have any you can still support by you know making sure that you're hyping them up making sure that you are sharing information and connecting them to the people that you know that can benefit from their services i'm like i just bought a cookbook yesterday from um a girl who had fibroids and then like treated them through food instead of getting surgery. And in two years she was able to completely eliminate all of them. So I was like, yes, girl, I will be buying your cookbook because again, when you go to like the white doctor man that I went to, he was just like, well, we're going to do an immediate surgery, not immediate, but he was like, we need to do surgery because like, that's the only thing you can do. And, but then it's like, but if you do surgery, like it could grow back over and over again. Well, that's not a solution, sir. Like that's just you cutting me open and making a whole bunch of money and me putting my body through a lot of physical trauma. Whereas there's somebody who is a black woman, has a body that is more similar to mine and has gone through this experience and has healed herself and has done the work to heal herself and figure all of that out, which is not easy to figure out. And has packaged it all up neatly in this book for me to buy for $27. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hashtag facts. But also as a, a friend, as a support, I'm like, send me that book so that when I cook, if I want to be Yeah, like, you will I mean? like that's it. Cool. I made John go ideas. to Trader Joe's yesterday and I was like, if it's not in this book, we are not, we, we don't need to have it in the house. But um, yeah, you would like it. It's a lot of like really good recipes and there's like a curry that looks really good. So, and I'm, I'm all about like, you know, even after this fibroid is hopefully like completely out of my body, like I still just want to be continuing to move towards that. Um, like the, those healing foods that aren't just like the bland foods that the American, like the American accepted, like have a salad and some hummus and call it a day and like a juice. It's like, there's so many flavorful ways to eat healthy and, you know, we've highlighted nutritionists before, and I'm sure we will again. You have to speak have about... on because there is some violence. Yeah. Which got to be passed um, from one of our favorite national uh, registered dietitian groups um, has, has put out some really violent language. Really? And so I really want to have another dietitian on because I yeah. want to talk about what to do if that does become the standard for medical professionals and like how to actually treat your body by, again, going to sources like this person who's 
the same, you know, race as you who has a mm-hmm. similar body type, who's kind of gone through similar experience and then try, like, there's nothing wrong with trying to do that for a short period of time. And then if you need surgery to intervene, then that's the thing. Like you can make yes, a choice at that absolutely. time. Absolutely. Don't trust medicine, et cetera, et cetera. What yeah. And to be clear, like, I, like, so to be clear for myself, what I decided to do, because I don't want anyone to like, if you need surgery or if you're gonna get on yeah, my no, ectomy or whatever surgery, like please please do that like I I I happen to be a person like when you look up the symptoms of fibroids I pretty much don't have any of them the only issue for me with fibroids is literally just that it's physically there and like I can see it and it makes me like physically bigger so it's that's more of like a, a aesthetic situation which I'm like I can deal with but some of the things that other women deal with to be clear like I would go get surgery tomorrow if I had to deal with some of those things so I'm not at all trying to be like don't get it and I will also say that I've also said like I will try these holistic things for a year to see if, because everybody is different, you know, every single body is different. So if I'm seeing improvement by the end of this year, then I probably won't get surgery. But if I'm not by the end of this year, then I'll probably get surgery early next year because I'm like, I also don't want to like wait forever. But like, yeah, you you have to, you know, you have to get different opinions. I think that's what's so important because in our Western like medicine culture, whether it be, you know, therapy, whether it be a physical ailment, whatever the situation is, um, there's just kind of this one size fits all. I mean, you think about something as simple, simple and yes, complex, but as simple as taking vitamin D, we're not told to take vitamin D, even though like people say, well, go outside for 20 minutes and you'll get your full of vitamin D. Well, sure you will. If your ancestors were, you know, Vikings like John's and you're super pale, yeah, in 20 minutes, you're going to get all the vitamin D you need. But if I go outside for 20 minutes and, you know, I'm kind of like a light skin person, you know what I mean? I'm mixed. So it's like if I go out, I have enough melanin that I'm blocking a lot of that D already. So anyone who's darker than me goes out, they're going to get even less. So I have to take vitamin D and D regulates so many systems within your body. And it's very simple to take but yet we're not being told to take it. Like as a black woman, I've gone in specifically and been like, give me blood work. And then I've been like, oh, these things are lacking. Like, you know, what, what should I do? What steps should we take? And everybody's just kind of like, whatever, bye. Like there's just no, you know, and so that's why I do think it's just so important. It's like having, whether it be like a black doctor or a black holistic person that, you know, that you can speak to, anything like that is just so incredibly important because we're just really left out of the conversation completely when it comes to anything medical and pretty much nutrition as well. Like they, they're not considering our culture. They're not considering literally mel- like the actual melanin. Like they're not, they're just like, nope, we're just going to pretend that that's not. And I just think, I guess it's probably just like, they just don't care. Right. They're like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're worrying about the standards. Not to have certain bodies exist. And yeah. They're worrying about the standards for, for health for white people. And the reason that they don't say, oh, well, but just keep in mind, if you're a little darker, you might need to be out a little bit longer. You might need to take a supplement. They're not telling us that because they don't care, obviously. Like there's just really un- unfortunate no other explanation. And that's why it is important to support black healers. And if the person like that is, does a specific thing that you might need that's in your field and they, or that's in the field that you need to um, access for health benefits, if there's no one that is black or of color, then you need to make sure that that person is like very radical in their support for black bodies. Like they need to be very radical about the healthcare of black people, because if not, like it's not going to work. 
yes they need to support and that we need to do it continuously it's just continuing to learn first of all in general like that could be the end of the sentence please continue to learn yes <laughs> but also learning and teaching about black excellence as we said at the beginning of so as charisma said black excellence happens every hour every day there's a black woman doing something a black person doing something that is amazing there was a black woman who came out and talked about how her knowledge with Ukraine is very imperative and like how black people should follow her if they're untrustworthy where to go because that's where she studied, that's where she's lived. And she has this experience. So if you're not sure what what's happening and you're kind of confused, she's been tweeting about the situation and the relations, the background about the situation with Ukraine in a very like plain language so that people can understand. I, I love that. that. That's black excellence to me. Yeah. Like that. Again, that's the you know, we talked about what that means. Yeah. So we have all these opportunities to continue to read up about black people who are doing amazing radical things in all these different fields all the time, making sure that we're able to get things done and do whatever. Like the GPS was partially uh, created by a black woman. Like there's so many different technologies that are happening or have happened that we should know about, dig deep about as a Black person or not as a Black person. It's your responsibility to know people who are doing amazing things in this world and that like not everyone is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed person that created something. That's not the, that's yeah. the narrative that we talked about that you were raised on or was on television. And now as we get into life and instead of saying, oh, well, everything's just getting so woke because we see all these other people and things, that's not what's happening. It's just that now art is reflecting real yes life. like yes I've, you lived below the mason dixon line my entire life i've always seen diversity in spaces that i've existed in mm-hmm. and i don't li- i don't live in very very large cities i've lived in pretty metropolitan metropolitan areas but i've seen people who look different than me different races different like creeds different genders different identity all that stuff happens when i just go outside and i live mm-hmm. regular regular trash florida <laughs> you know what i mean like we're in central florida hot mess current fire dumpster and i can still go outside and go to trade shows and see like five different people like people of five different races than i am you know what i mean yes. like it's not difficult if you choose not to see it that's a choice but i think it's your responsibility as a human to like if you're about- seeing different people that means everyone is going to be, you're going to have people that are doing good stuff in every race. Like, cause we, all people exist. Right. But there are right. some people that are like, Oh, I see all these people, but it only makes sense to me for white people to have done things of significance. Right. And I mean, I guess the argument is like, well, why aren't you guys over it? Because black people are still not looked at as human beings as we talked about. And so it's important to you to understand you shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to say that black people have contributed to society in this way to be viewed as people. Like, you should just look at black people and be like, wow, they, they're people. <laughs> that should be end of the conversation. Yeah. But since that is the way society has decided that people are only valuable and you need references or you need understanding as to why certain things happen in history. The way to do that is to go back and read or read about what's happening now currently because there are people, again, who are doing amazing work whether you like them or not, they're still doing amazing things. Whether you like Serena Williams or not, got nothing to do with the fact that she is like one of the greatest athletes, if not the greatest athlete of all time of our generation right now. You don't have to like her. You there is literally her. no one listening to there's this podcast no one... that doesn't like Serena Williams. I I'm would sure, be very I'm sure shocked. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's no way. If you if you don't like Serena Williams, I need you to email me personally or DM me and tell me why because I find that very upsetting. <laughs> It makes me mad. Like, 
just based on like her hotness alone, that's enough reason to like her. But she's literally the best athlete of all time, and she's a kind of good actress. So yeah, she's very funny. And she can twerk really well, as evidenced in the Beyonce video. Timing, yeah. She's and she makes fun of herself because when she was on the game, like she would poke fun of herself, and I really like that. No, even when she does things, I saw her um, AD uh, walk through of her house and she kind of went through her art. She's very funny. She's naturally I like, love her. Uh, lighthearted. Oh, that's right. I guess some men folk are mad at her because she married like a billionaire who's white or whatever, but she can do whatever she wants to do. Marrying a billionaire. I forgot why people are mad at her. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, she shouldn't marry a, like billionaires are, that's not good. Is he I'm a billionaire? I don't know. I don't know. He he's annoying, but that's it. Regardless, I mean, he's not the uh, again nepotism. Yes. <laughs> no comment on Alexis. So like, no comment. No, he he hasn't done anything outwardly this problematic to me to talk about today. I'm sure tomorrow he may say the stupidest. He does seem to like worship her, so I do appreciate he that. He does worship her and their baby, and so right now that's important. He like so, literally was like, "I'm just gonna quit my job and like stare at you and like be, and do whatever you need me to I do." do. And I'm like, "All right, I I'm here for that." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, again, you just I feel like as a goal in life, as a, as a person, I try to understand accomplishments of people. And hype up and share details about people who are doing amazing things, even in space. And there's no excuse in. nowadays. There's so many places to like find these resources. I mean, you can go on TikTok and watch TikToks that teach you stuff, you know. And of course, fact check them. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like picture books. Like don't. Like, yeah. You know, my, my daughter like four or five different books that highlight different people. Like you know, there's just. And I really like. It's so funny, but I actually really like those kids' books that are about like Black history because again, a lot of times we weren't taught a lot of things. So if I'm reading to my nieces, a lot of times I find information out, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know this. That we were never taught this, you know. <laughs> She's so funny. She came up to me. Uh, this weekend and we have the one of the latest uh rebel girl books which is yes. black women which is written by um sean on twitter who i follow and had gotten and done that work and proudly bought that book she comes up to me she's like look at the j section she was like janet jackson is not in here that is not okay oh my <laughs> gosh i love it Children are funny, but that also goes to show that kids replicate what they see. And so I find Janet Jackson to be excellent. She is. Excellence needs to be memorialized. Yeah, she was like, this is a confusing book. book. This doesn't make any sense. so, yeah, I think it's important as a parent, your children see what you read and do and et cetera. My daughter knows that I like Padma Lakshi as well. Like, she understands the people that I look at and support or Jonathan Van Ness. Like, she, mm-hmm. the other day, she was like, why are we not watching Getting Curious? I'm like, because we watched all the episodes. That's yeah. why we're not watching Getting Honestly, Curious Honestly, I feel like I, I really actually do, like, I do think it makes sense. Even as a kid, I think I would have probably been like, why isn't Janet Jackson in this book? It does make sense because, like, <laughs> Because to me, as a, I, I think as like a really young age, like Janet Jackson and Whitney Houston were two of the first black women that I like watched a lot on TV and was like very interested in. So yeah, that checks out. Like she's probably like, what's going on here? Because she's, she's only become her. more iconic since I was a kid, you know? She's waiting for somebody, if anybody could, please. And you know, we had Janet Jackson Appreciation Day also. Yes. For the whole time. So Anyone making a kid's book about women, please put Janet Jackson in it so that I can buy it so my daughter will stop being upset. Um, I love that. So, okay. So speaking of, you know, kind of like the black excellence side of things, like I think that it's also like important to like celebrate like 
just doing, you know, just like your typical day-to-day thing. So I think that doing like practicing self-care is such a great way to like celebrate black joy, to practice resistance because you're just taking care of yourself. And like, sometimes that can be a lot just because of the way that the world is because of the way that the world is specifically for a black person in this particular world. Um, So taking the time to just like put yourself first makes all the difference in the world. Taking the time to go to the doctor to, you know, to find doctors that, you know, that, that in itself is like a whole thing. Taking the time to, you know, connect with friends, to connect with family, to read, to better yourself, to, you know, find a career path that you love. All that stuff to me is self-care. I think that a lot of people think of self-care as just, you know, uh, getting, getting into the bathtub and, and having a glass of wine and yeah. And I'm like, those things are definitely self-care as well. And those things are important, but it's also the, the stuff that is literally like, parenting yourself basically that's the way i think of it is like if you were a a really great parent and you were taking care of someone what steps would you take and going ahead and turning around and taking those steps to take care of yourself that to me is like what self-care is yeah if you're a a non-black person but you're in a position of power like maybe as a manager as an owner of a business or maybe of a project and you can see opportunities to give Black people ways to experience self-care as a friend if you're looking for things to give. I don't think people have understood fundamentally how taxing and draining the past six years, especially in the past two years, have been on people, but specifically Black people and Asian people, and especially Asian women. I It is a struggle for for us to get up and get out of bed and continue to persevere and do things and like exist in society and still expect to show up and be like a productive member of society you can go outside at any moment and have someone spit on you slap you call you out of your name say a slur like throw something at you like the acts of violence towards Black people and Asian and more so physically with Asian women is is outstandingly terrible. And you uh-huh. can say, oh, well, you live in a safe space. I live next to Disney World. I saw a Nazi flag a month ago. <laughs> like, not even yeah. a month ago. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean anything to me. So when you are given an opportunity to give a moment of peace, a time, whether it's taking uh, some of these kids out for like an hour to the park so they can breathe, to be like, oh, go take a nap with yoga. Yes, Helping yes. somebody with homework if they had any help with understanding. And they're like, I just need to understand this thing. I'm just overwhelmed. Sit down and explain them. Or business idea. Giving, the, again, like we talked about the connections, setting up the meeting and kind of being there to kind of set up the introduction in terms of like having an extra st- step. That is something you can do that you don't understand that's so helpful because when you have mental, and when you're especially suffering with depression, getting out of bed, <laughs> putting uh-huh. on clothes, anyway, regardless if you were just, your body, your chemical imbalance that you're depressed today, doing all the things you need to do exist is already difficult. When you sit down and you turn on the television or you get on social media or whatever it is and you had people who you thought were your friends support something that is harmful, towards you or violent towards you and your identity as a human being and also trans kids are not dealing with that today right now it's traumatizing it ruined your whole I have walked away from my computer and sat down many uh-huh. times because I saw somebody that I thought was okay or like a thoughtful person or a smart person or intelligent person 
support or say something or like something or you know that was just so harmful and so jarring that I yeah. was like oh, I, I first of all blocked because I'm not having a conversation with you no. but also, it's just it's upsetting it's like I so that's what you think of me because mm-hmm. you can say oh but you're not like no that's what you think of me because that's what you think about people who look like me and that's been happening for people for six years straight but especially the past two years non-stop for two years have we not gotten some type of wild situation so when people need to experience self-care and if you're in a position of power to offer something or like as a gift or whatever it is that you can do to help it's so needed and so helpful and I just say this as a person who does this anyway with people I know and care about when my people like my friend's dog passed away this week Going over to bring stuff is not going to hurt me to give her daughter ice cream. That's going, that's not, it's nothing for me to go bring a pint of ice cream to her daughter who's very upset. She's having a hard time. That's expected as a human to give her a moment, her daughter a moment of self-care because she's a young person who's going through, she got all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> you go to preventing, your life is like messed up. That's what I can do. That's all I can do. I can't change anything that happened. I can't do anything else. I, it's there's so many things that are happening, but me giving her ice cream, that's my giving her a moment of self-care. That's what I'm talking about in terms of like small things can make the world of a difference. So Yeah, they really can. And I like that you said giving yourself to time to grieve, whether it's like something that has happened, you know, directly or just like again, when we are, you know, just seeing people, you know, killed by police and, and those sort of things, it's like a lot of times you don't get that time. You might be a black woman who's working in an office and you hear on the news about this happening and you then just have to keep working. And I think that's such an important part of pr- practicing self-care is taking the time to be like, I need to process this. Like this is traumatic. This is terrible. Even if you didn't know that person, you know, it's like, this is very traumatic. This is terrible that people are being killed because they look like me and look like my family members and that sort of thing. So it's like giving your time yourself time to process that is so important. I think that that's a way that people that are not black, if they want to be celebrating black joy and be searching for a way for their black friends to be joyous is trying to assist in um, that support like of grief because to me, like like you said, like if somebody's like, okay, I'm gonna take your kid out for an hour because this this bad thing happened today, and I know that you've got to be feeling it. Just being able to take someone's kids out to the playground for an hour to play with your kids, if you're like a white mom or whatever, and letting that person have an hour, like not only to have to process the information, but depending on the age of the kid, they might have to prepare for a conversation, you know, and having that time, I don't even have a kid, so I can't even imagine. But I know, like, for me, this is like, my white friends bring me food. And that makes me like my friend brings me bread, like homemade bread when things are very stressful. And that I like that that makes me feel better. That brings me joy, you know, so just like finding ways, if you're non black, finding ways to support, you know, black people and being able to to grieve as a part of self-care so that they can move towards joy. And if you are black, finding a way to prioritize grieving so that you can do that and move towards a place of joy. Uh, because it's, you know, it's it's hard to be able to find joy if you don't have the time to practice various forms of self-care. Um, so the last step, the fifth step that we have 
to uh, celebrating black joy is to embrace your true identity. Because often when you are a black person, people would like to put you in a box and be like, you need to be this way and you need to speak this way and you need to you know, react to this sort of music this way and you need to do this and that and the other and whatever. And the reality is, is that every black person is different. We all have tons of experiences that are universal, sure, because we're living in a similar, like our society is similar and treats us similar and that sort of thing. But our individual experiences, day-to-day life, like there's going to be lots of major differences, just like you and your white friends or you and your you know, whatever else, friends, it's like, you're not all the same person. Guess what? Same thing for us. Angelica and I are probably like two of the most different people ever, even though we've had a lot of, yes, shared experiences because we're both black women. But yeah, we're very, very different in the things that we like, the things we do, etc. So I think that if you're black, it's such a, you know, form of resistance to say, this is who I am. And I will not apologize for who I am. And I will be that person. And I will be that person out loud. And there's nothing that you can do that will make me, you know, fit myself into a box and be smaller for you to be comfortable. And I think that it's on so many sides. I think that we see nowadays we're seeing athletes who are like, yeah, I'm going to rock my different colored wig and I'm going to rock my long nails and I'm going to be that girl. And I'm comfortable with that. And that doesn't mean that just because I'm like this doesn't mean that you can label me with certain words and certain thoughts and attitudes like I can do this and still be a serious athlete or a serious whatever it is. And then on the flip side, it's like we have, you know, girls who are like, I am not a strong black woman. I don't want to be a strong black woman. I am a quiet black woman or a tired black woman or a soft black woman. And I would like to not have to worry about carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders or saving the day or like saving other people. Like I would like to worry about me and I would like to be cozy. And I think that that's so important to be like, you know, to to claim that identity. And I think for me, I've been moving more into that because I very much was the opposite of that. I was like, anyone that has a problem, it's my problem to solve. Any issue in the world, it's my issue to fix it. And like, I would feel like when people would be like, oh, well, you know, a black woman would be the person to solve it. I'd be like, yes, we would because we're the best and we can do it. And we can take on anything, we can handle anything and whatever. And I'm like, it's not to say that black women are not not resilient. And it's not to say that I don't feel as if I am a resilient, strong person, because I do feel that. But I'm like, I don't want to be strong 24 seven. I don't want to do that. Like, I see people that get to have hobbies and get to have like, joy and do like fun things that aren't just constantly having to be like, oh, well, the democratic system of America is broken. So I need to go and fix it. It's like, Sometimes I don't want to be having to explain these things. Like, I mean, I spent a lot of time like on the board at now, um, which is the national organization of women. And I became like quickly, I don't even know how I showed up to like two meetings and they made me like a leader. And basically it's like, I'm then explaining to older white women who are like, not interested oh, in <laughs> accepting I trans. Have like a, a tra- yeah, have they're not time period of your life. <laughs> yeah, they're not interested in accepting trans identities. And I'm over here trying to like explain trans identities and tell them like why what they're saying is transphobic. And I got to a point where I'm like, it's it is 100 important for me to continue to align myself obviously with trans people and stand up for trans people. But me and you know the trans person that I was working with on the board, we both were like, you know what, we're done. 
Like we don't we don't want to be in this space anymore. This is not and they did say racist things as well. And that we're like, this is not a safe space for us. We are not comfortable in this space. You guys are saying you're progressive, you're saying all the but but the way that you're treating us, no, we don't want to be here. So if you guys want to go ahead and and do this, y'all can do that on your own, but we're gonna go and and we're gonna go grab some coffee and chill and whatever. And me and this person are still friends, and you know, like uh they've had a lot of great experiences in their life since then, and we've been able to be a part of those experiences with each other without having to be in um, a political type of uh, system where we're expected to do a whole bunch of work and and do the work of others and that sort of thing. So to me, like, that's a big part of being like, I'm going to accept myself as a person who is a soft girl. I'm a soft black girl. And I, I'm not trying to save the day. Maybe I will want to save the day later in the future. I don't know. But right now I'm trying to save myself. So that is where I am at. And I feel like, you know, that's black joy to me. Like, I, I want to seek joy in more things. And I know Kia was talking about that, too. And we had Kia on the podcast the other day. She's like, I want to seek joy. I want to spread joy on my Twitter and on my social media platforms. And it's totally fine if you're like, I want to educate. And, and, and like, there's nothing wrong with those things. But the thing is that we cannot expect that of ourselves all the time. We cannot let people expect it of us. And we cannot expect it of ourselves. I think about Shishi Rose, who has spent years years on the internet doing so much work for people. She has done so much research. She has provided so many resources. She's one of the people that put together the Women's March, even though she never gets credit for it when people go on TV and talk about it. But she is one of the people that did the groundwork to put together the Women's March. Her work is often erased with that. And she's done so much for people. She has a baby and she will share one joyous thing that she's doing with her baby and people have complaints about it because she's not just talking about black trauma. And I'm just like, that's not acceptable. Like if she wants to embrace joy in her life, she does not owe anything to anyone else, especially after work, all the work she's done. But even if she didn't do that. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not gonna, we're not gonna put people in boxes in 2022. We're just not going to do that be the black person that you are truly meant to be whatever that looks like i encourage you to dig deep and kind of live your truth even if it makes the people around you uncomfortable because you know what that means you authentically yourself and the people who are looking for you will find you and they will take you under their wings and they will create that community and i know it's scary especially right now because it's wild (laughs) i'm like as we've been recording this podcast Mm -hmm. the cycle has been terrible <laughs> absolutely trash absolute bananas but there are people who are out here who are trying to support you and so do the things you want to do if you are nerdy and you are black there are so many of us who are in there girls who are like in yes anime, the harry potter girls are out here you know there's so the many marvel, girls. marvel girls are out here the dc girls are out here whatever it is that you are looking to do if you're into sports if you're in sports that you think black people should not be in there are black skiers there are black snowboarders there are black all kind of squash players. There are yes. black pickleball players. Like there are things that you are like there your community's out there. So definitely a hundred percent lean into what yourself, you know, as someone who was a little nervous about powerlifting, because there are wild white supremacists in powerlifting, but they're not it's a very small minority. It's very well like everything. There's white supremacists, yeah, it's small, but they are not uplifted at all. And so it was wild to me because I was like, I don't know if I want to really follow this sport or get to know it, but there are amazing black women in the sport. 
who are doing cool things who are uplifting other black women and it's been so inspiring even through COVID to just continue to follow these people and now as I'm packing that journey thinking of these women I'm watching them I'm supporting them uplifting them as they speak this truth because that's what I'm into I don't care if my friends love running marathons like I don't like to run (laughs) yeah really close friends who run a marathon at least once every single year they train for like six months out of the year that is their jam that is fine. That is their jam. I will never run that marathon because I hate running. I have flat feet and I hate it. So <laughs> I won't be doing it. Doesn't mean we can't be friends. Doesn't mean we don't love each other. Doesn't mean we don't like each other. We just have very different interests. And I don't need to mold myself to fit in that body. My body is not a runner's body. I can't. And I understand that like anybody who can run is a runner. That's fine. But literally my clumsy flat mm. feet are not mm-hmm. meant to run long distances. It's just not what it's up. I can walk a long distance. Absolutely. I love walking running my body is the lord said thou shalt do it <laughs> my doctor yeah. would scream at me i've had a child like my hips would stop working there's just certain things that aren't for you and that's fine love the things yep. that you love to do like i don't love a lot of the shows other people watch or like music that other people listen to it's fine but it is what i'm like living for the resurgence of pp dobson in 2022 yeah i'm excited about that, yes. is what I want. that is black excellence to me i've been mm-hmm. waiting for like five years for this album <laughs> That is my, like, go-to life. I'll say, a lot of times, like, I go and look at new music, and I'm like, none of this is for me, and I'm going to just go listen to Solange. And that's that's what I like, you know? Like, you don't have to identify with what everybody else is doing no, just be because black. they're black, no, no, you no. know? Afropunk did not, like, before people, mainstream artists were going Afropunk, Afropunk was quite just punk artists who were yes black people who were african who were of the diaspora who definitely just punk music and i'm saying true punk music and so that's what it started out to be it's turned into this alternative fest and kind of a mainstream thing which is yes because money is money Mm -hmm. is what it is but you know back when we were we knew about afropunk back then like it was just a small majority of freaks who loved doing you know that's kind of the audience and now it's a little bit more loved and people are more accepting and they understand what it is and actually a lot of people who have gone to afropunk and heard some of the other like og artists or actual punk artists where they're alternative artists have gotten into that music they mm-hmm. never would have gotten into it so again be who you are fully accept who you are share who you are love who you are and remember that black people are different in every country so it's like you know every, like it's like like county. if someone sits here and tries to tell <laughs> yeah but i mean specifically country to country like if someone yeah. sits here and tries to tell you well you're not black because you don't speak this way or this and that and the other it's like literally like we wouldn't recognize so much of the culture sometimes if you're not aware of it if you don't know about it that come from other countries totally different cultural references his black very different very very different than mine and i feel like even if he was from the north or the west coast 100 yeah very different cultural references but our blackness is very he's not an american man he has a very different mm-hmm. culture reference for 90 percent of the things it doesn't make his black any less black it doesn't make anyone exactly black, any black it's excellent wherever you are wherever you were born whatever you are into it's all excellent i'm excited to try it and learn about it like teach me your ways i'm up to lift up everybody in the diaspora because I feel like we only have each other right now as it is accept each other uplift each other and be open to learning more about each other and learning about other people's cultures as well stop trying to put people in boxes when they yep. fit into your silly little American box where you feel like black culture is just American that's not true throw that in the trash absolute garbage thought process like Afrobeats is amazing like all this stuff so just start to open your thought process as a person and be accepting as you 
again except yourself so yes i love it 100 i have no 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 other comments i feel like we've covered it we were very passionate today i I we came in very calm and then we were just like you know what we have things to say about to lose my mind so i'm gonna log off the internet because i got on twitter.com and i'm about to get the only tweet that i saw that resonates with me today is the only abbott we uh, recognize is abbott elementary and say because this man is out here doing the worst yes the worst so yep if, if you need someone to talk to listen to this podcast we are always trying to bring knowledge but also levity and with some of the silly stuff and again we are going to be talking more about this Silly pop culture, so like similar to like what we talked about with empathism and how that has to do with again dealing with imposter syndrome and comparison traps. That's the stuff that we want to talk about mostly on our Patreon. So if you want more of that conversation, that's what we're doing on the pop podcast. We're going to do less of that here because you guys don't need to hear about how we feel about skeet. Well, like, you, you might, so, you might need to, and if you do, come join us on, on the Patreon. Patreon. Yes, <laughs> that's we can give a whole breakdown about Staten Island people and like how that relates to branding, etc. Your location, Ooh, yes, I, I, I love it. Let's do it. Um, so, again, thank you so much for listening. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And Hope to see you on Instagram and the Patreon, and we'll see you next week. Peace, peace, Bye. peace. Bye.